Hey guys, it's Sean and Dave from Saturday Morning Cartoons here, and we want to give a shout out to some fantastic people who have gone over to our Patreon account to support this podcast. So we need to give a huge shout out to Derek Haynes, Alex Kazanis, Carson Clark, Jamal Newman, Jason Woods, Melanie Harker, Allison Keene, the one and only Sean Paul Ellis, oh, and the wonderful David Trumbor. Now, it might sound kind of strange that we're thanking ourselves and other familiar names uh, that you know from the podcast, but we really want you guys to know that we are putting our hard-earned dollars into the show as well, so it's only fair, if we're asking you to do the same, that we did it first. And even if you can't contribute anything to a monthly Patreon, um, we just ask that you go and share the Patreon link and just let people know about the show if it's something you enjoy. So again, you can head on over to patreon.com slash saturdaymorningcartoons, make a contribution, or just share the wealth. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Dogtown, USA, I'll be your co-host, <laughs> Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, straight from the doghouse, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, Sean? <laughs> David, 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 it's going well, buddy. How about yourself? It's going to be a little rough tonight, what do you think? Yeah, Ooh, I had to sneak that one in there man. early. Dog puns. God, I'm glad you did it because you, did, you started this dog pun trend and I, I can choose to either, you know, put it to bed or I can continue to, you know, it, it, I, I can continue to, to keep, keep up with this and I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't know. I well, don't know. Um, There's like a part of me that's just like, if it comes up organically, you know what? I want it to happen and I want to relish it. If it doesn't though, like I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be too see, upset I heard about you, it. I heard you I, say choose and I feel like you're throwing me a bone there. So yeah. God damn it. God yeah, damn it, Dave. Good stuff. This is, this is what we're doing tonight? Dogs and stuff. Dogs and stuff. <laughs> We've <laughs> oh, decided man, to rename this cartoon <laughs> Dogs and Stuff. And if you can figure out what we're talking about from that, then congratulations. We've actually talked about, I don't know if we've talked more dogs or dinosaurs. I feel like dinosaurs, but... Dinosaurs. 100% 100 dinosaurs. dinosaurs. We haven't talked enough dogs then. Yeah, we definitely haven't. Which is tonight why we're talking about this cartoon called Road Rovers. Get into it. Uh, Did you watch this? Yeah. I didn't realize it was only... Well, I don't want to spoil your your spot here. So if you want to give folks the history and then we can talk about it. Yeah. No, 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 no. So uh, if you're not aware, Road Rovers is an American animated television series produced by Warner Brothers Animation which premiered on the kids' WB in 1996, ending after one season. Reruns aired on Cartoon Network from 1998 until 2000, and a DVD of the entire series was released in 2015. So that's what I was going to say. I remember watching this on TV, and I, I remember enjoying it. Like, I didn't get totally invested with it, as some of the fans of the show happened to be. But yeah, I remember it being on TV. I, I dug it. I had fun with it. And then, yeah, it was only 13 episodes long. Um, or I guess, was it 13 or 26? What did you just say? Uh, you know, the world may never world know. May never know. <laughs> Use your Google machines. <laughs> Thanks, I thought I wrote that down. But it, it, might, it might be 26, <laughs> but it was only one season regardless. Um, which was kind of surprising because it seemed like a good cast, a good production quality. And actually, I mentioned the cast because this one happened to be put together and uh, voice directed by the legendary veteran of animation, Andrea Romano who we want to give a shout out to this week because she actually just retired probably by the time you guys are listening to it uh, a week or so ago. 
But yeah, so she is retired. She's still in the industry and, and plans to stay in the entertainment industry, but not as a casting director, not as a voice director. But she's been working like right up until her retirement. Um, the most right. recent things she did were Nico in the Sword of Light, which is a, a cool uh, kind of younger skewing action adventure series on Amazon. You guys should check out. It's really um, well produced and a lot of fun. Cool new mythology. She's also done the voice direction for the latest uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles season on uh, Nickelodeon. And what else? Oh, and Voltron, too. Voltron is now back yes. on Netflix for its third season. You guys have probably checked that out and are waiting for the fourth season this October. But she's done those three shows that have all come out just in like the last couple of weeks. But her career goes back to like the early, early days. Uh, I think like early DuckTales. She did a lot of uh, like early 80s Hanna-Barbera stuff, I believe. And then obviously the main thing that she's known for is bringing in Mark Hamill as the Joker in Batman the Animated Series. And if you do nothing else with your career, I feel like you've, you've had it made if you've been able Man. to claim that. So congratulations to Andrea yeah. Romano. She'll be missed, but thankfully she's still, still hanging around. Just retired. Congratulations. And yeah. thanks for listening to this the show, a... Andrea. Appreciate it. <laughs> God, I hope she's listening because we would love to have her on. We'd love to chat with her. About I think all she this said stuff. when she retires, she wants to listen to more cartoon podcasts. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm pretty God. sure that was thank her God, plan. This, whew, I'm going to tell you about this little podcast that's going to be right in Do her tell. wheelhouse. It's called Saturday Morning Cartoons Morning with You. I hope this oh, is the first episode guys. she listens to because we're talking Road Rovers. <laughs> Do you know what Road Rovers is about? Did you know what it was about before we got into it tonight? Uh, I had an idea. I don't think that I had really ever watched this cartoon. Uh, I was aware that it mm-hmm. existed, and I had talked about it because I believe last year we were thinking about doing an entire month of August that was just going to be called Dog Days That was of your summer. idea, and it was a good one, and I, for some reason, kiboshed it, and I can't remember why. No, I think you were like, let's watch Transformers <laughs> for a month, and then I pulled my eyes yeah, out at some sorry. point. sorry. So. Apologies. No, that's okay. It doesn't matter. Uh, it, was, it was definitely one of those shows that I was, or I, I, I was aware of. It was in my cartoon yeah. zeitgeist and just hadn't really ever watched it, though. So tonight was, tonight was uh, me being indoctrinated to Road Rovers in all of its glory. And to answer your question, it was only 13 it was 13. Episodes. I thought I read that, but then I had a brain yes. spaz and I couldn't remember. But it was 13 four-hour yeah. episodes. Each episode was four hours. So a lot of, lot of information just that's packed how the, in there. That's why they and had to I'm wait until 2015 for a DVD release. They, couldn't, they didn't have yeah, the right. optics to handle it. <laughs> Blu- Blu-ray was the only format that could fit, it can accommodate right. that size and volume. You know, you could break it into multiple VHSs. You could have put it on several DVDs. But, I mean, really, why not just wait until the convenience of being able to put 40-plus gigs worth of information on one Blu-ray disc? This week, sponsored by Blu-ray. <laughs> I love it. Sponsored by the medium of Blu-ray. <laughs> We're not yet up to 4K HDR, Man. unfortunately. I know that I was indoctrinated mm-hmm. this week, but for other people who don't know what Road Rovers is about, Dave, could you give us a little bit of Yeah, here's a synopsis, which unfortunately is also like half the plot <laughs> of the first episode, so I apologize in advance. But one year prior to the formation of the Road Rovers in the town of Socorro, New Mexico, Professor Shepard was forced to relinquish experimental trans-dogmifier technology, stick with us, to General Parvo in exchange for his lost dog. But instead, Parvo gives him a bomb that destroys his laboratory. Spoiler alert, that's half of the first episode right there. (laughs) The following year, as normal dogs begin to mutate into monsters, Shepard, who miraculously survived the attack, 
takes measures to stop Parvo by selecting five different dogs and using his new transdogmifier on them, turning them into Kano sapiens and forming the Road Rovers. I did not literally expect that to be the first half of this first episode, but that's essentially <laughs> essentially what happened. There's plenty of fun things to talk about along the way, but even in this synopsis, right? Let's talk about a couple things. Professor Shepard. You've already got yes. your first pun. A trans yep. dogmifier. Yep. Nailed it. It it was very uh it was very Calvin and Hobbes mm. for me. The like the the cardboard box that he has that's like oh, the transmogifier. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, trans dogma okay. You know what? Yeah, I'm on board for this. Good. Let's go. Uh, General Parvo is the only one that kind of uh, weirds me out a little bit. Well, because really? of Parvovirus. It's like a very nasty yeah. kind of infection uh agent for like puppies. It can like kill puppies. And that's never a thing you well, want I mean, to really talk about. You don't want to, but let's be honest, he's right on brand yes, with this. Yeah. So if he's looking for a parvovirus to kill dogs, he's doing a pretty great I job mean, uh, of it. It's an inspired name, because most kids aren't going to be like, ah, parvovirus. Nailed it. Yeah. But right. General Parvo is pretty good. Pretty good name. <laughs> and, mo- and most 37-year-old adults are going to be like, Parvo, why does that sound so familiar? And then Google it and be like, oh my god, yeah. what am I looking well, at I'm right watching now? this 40, yeah. out, 40 gig Blu-ray of Road Rovers. That's just a just a lecture, yeah. a TED talk it's on carbovirus. It's just about vaccine safety. <laughs> uh, so, but but God. that's all to say that like this entire cartoon is full of those kinds of puns and like asides and one-liners and even dialogue that like went by so fast that I had to stop and and be like, wait, did they just really slip another joke in there? Like a lot of wordplay and a lot oh, of yeah. really fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this all brings us. To sort of this introduction yeah. to the show, kind of what we're we're hit with theme right song. at the beginning. Talk about them theme songs, uh, man. I I I thought this this theme song for me is if Brian yeah. Setzer, not from the orchestra, but probably more Stray Cats okay. era, uh, if he got together with the theme song intro for the cartoon Freakazoid, mm, they made a little baby. And they made a little baby baby that was the Road Rovers intro. Yeah, that actually really Um, works well. I was racking my brain trying to think of what this mm -hmm. reminded me of, and that's that's pretty spot on. Yeah. So it was a. It was definitely. It's very enjoyable. It's an earworm for me. And but I'll be honest with you, the the vocals that are in this go so quickly uh, that uh, the Dave and I before recording, as we've kind of been like laughing and like bopping our heads about it. The, the the tune is kind of like is just like dun 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 and we've just been like you know we've just been inserting like dogs and dogs and dogs and stuff dogs and stuff dogs and stuff and that's that's been it and it's catchy as hell i couldn't give you one word that was probably in that entire i can give you five because they're the <laughs> names of the characters, which I actually really appreciate it oh, because they, okay. it's a roll call. And we've seen that a lot of times. They did a, and we like it here on SMC. We like when you do a roll call. Love them roll calls. Great roll call. Man, yeah. You're, uh, and, and you get some, some weird kind of situations where those <laughs> animals are, where the, uh, the canine stars of our show are, are really uh, you know, taking the center stage. And it's, it's just very, it's very peculiar to kind of watch because for as fast as this theme song is, then you get to certain characters and it just kind of lingers on it uncomfortably for like two seconds. And you're like, uh, what, are, 
<clears throat> what are they doing with this? What's and we should explain that it's not it's not dogs like you know all dogs go to heaven. I don't know why that's the first <laughs> movie that came to mind, but it's not like oh, I don't know parvovirus, puppies, and everything. It's got me real down. <clears throat> it, it's not like normal dogs, right? These are anthropomorphic dogs that are in like suits and they stand upright and they walk like human beings. They just have like dog heads essentially. So yeah, it's a little unnerving to, <laughs> to just be watching this um, in this sort of situation, but. Here's why I really like this roll call. Usually when we get a roll call, it's just, th there are degrees of roll calliness, right? So there's like, you can show the character on screen and like scroll their name across in the background. You can show the character on screen doing something that's like, shows their personality while you say their name. So that kind of like reinforces like, oh, that's who this is. This is what they do. And this is what they look like. That's great. Or you can do what Road Rovers does. You can say their name show the character doing something they're known for doing, and then actually hear the character have like a quick little callback or a quick little um, call and answer kind of thing where you actually get to hear their voice too. So it really cements early on who these characters are, what their name is, and what they sound like. So you're instantly like in. Like as soon as this, this show starts, you know who everybody is going to be. And then it's kind of funny because they don't actually show up for 15 minutes. But the roll call, really well done. I wish more cartoons would do stuff like this, to be honest. Uh, as I was watching this, there was a uh, a subtle kind of nod to uh, the the song "The Leader of the mm. Pack," you know, which is all about was that uh, motorcycle you know race back in the day leader yeah. of a motorcycle gang, you know, uh, I, I think kind of driving recklessly, yeah. and then I believe towards the yeah. end dying. Uh, they have the reference where they they hover over the leader of our pack and they say "leader of the pack," and he's on oh, a motorcycle, nice. and then he dies. And I was, it was and a really I did not intro <clears throat> yeah i didn't notice the reference it took me like two seconds but friend of the sh friend of the show melanie harker was like did you see that and i had to pause and go back and she's like this this is the thing that i'm seeing right now she's like that's very subtle and i was like well this i can't believe i'm gonna say this but this show is very nuanced with a lot of these there's references a lot of that stuff that sneaks in and i did not pick up on that so it, i kind of want to like go back and watch at least like I don't know, maybe not the first episode again, but yeah, even just look at the dialogue. It'd be great to like actually just see the script of this, to be able to just read through it slowly. They throw a lot of stuff at you here, and the theme song is a great intro to not only the pace of this thing, uh, the kind of language they're going to throw at you, but also the look of the animation style as well, because it actually matches what you're going to see in the actual cartoon, for the most part. Yeah. Right. Anything else from the theme song? Yeah, you transition. I thought you were segueing directly I was. Directly I just didn't, I didn't want to cut you off. Yeah, I didn't have anything more to say. I thought maybe Mel had some more Easter eggs and insights. She's, She's tapped out. Now, okay, now right on. now. She's tapped out. <laughs> what do you think about the animation style? Uh, Remember, this is 1996 when this came out. Right, right. I, I would say that this looked very similar to some of the other contemporaries that were coming on around that time. I really kind of equated it. And the thing that in my brain immediately stood out was uh with tiny tunes adventures and yep, animaniacs 100%. uh we're we're talking about like uh we talked about last week which is sort of like the the heavy lines to kind of like separate and outline specific characters as well as all of the environment this is is much more subtle uh it actually looks you know like it, it's a little bit more human in, in terms of the the outline and the design uh, you know, things are, are, are properly and seem like they're very well shaded in terms of what they had there. And you could tell it, 
I love the cartoons that you can tell things that are on something that's in the background that's going to have movement right. because it's slightly yeah. different yeah. colors. It's like a, like a lighter Just hue a, it's or a, like a little, it, it stands out. Yeah. <laughs> It's like playing a video game and you see like a crack on the wall and you're just like, well, Link's got bombs. Maybe if I put a bomb, you know, you know, I think I think I found. I or think it's I like I've been playing a lot cool. of Skyrim lately because it's 2013 again, um, or when whenever the hell that came out. Dave, I only beat it like a couple Fair. months ago. I only bought it a couple months and okay. beat it finally myself. So oh, don't I feel don't bad. I love it, but it's like looking at. I'm a gamer on. I'm a gamer on yeah, a budget, same. man. Still rocking the PS3, uh, and we bought it for 54 cents. It was great. Not the PS3, Skyrim, Jesus. Um, but anyway, it's like looking oh at two God. different barrels and being like, oh, I can loot that one, but that one's a permanent fixture in this world. Yeah. yeah. That was a really long yeah, segue so- to just explain the same thing you just said. <laughs> but but just a, there's a couple scenes. I, I remember there was notable about a, a guy who was uh, like, I think he was trying to hijack mm-hmm. a car. Uh, and you could tell that the door yeah. was going to open because the door yeah. was slightly different color. But still, at the same time, looking at all the environments that were there, uh, very, I would say, uh, like a pretty uh, above average to complicated color palette that they had that was included in this. And, and just a lot of a lot of detail. I was, oh, I was surprised about a lot of the detail that was here. And sort of like we've, uh, we've mentioned before, good use of actual shading yes. in this, you know? Like I, I was, I was kind of surprised about this because it wasn't like watching Ultra Force where everybody's just like one solid color, and you're just like, oh, I don't know if they think that bodies don't contour or have any shading, but it's like when you see it without that kind of a setting, you're just like, oh man, that's really off. Like that's noticeably yeah. off. Like that's uncomfortably that off. The whole for show me is right uncomfortably now. off. Uh, ultra. Whole idea ultra is off. off. Jesus. Uh, Sean. I don't know why that because. Uh, I don't know why Ultra Force becomes like my de facto just like I need to shit on it, but it's one of those cartoons that like even when I go back and watch, like if I've watched another episode or if I've like Googled it and seen stills from an episode that I haven't watched, I'm like, oh, you know, I got my fix for today. I it can is, pretty much shut this computer down. It and is just a walk rare away. show that makes Wildcats look okay. <laughs> so, yeah, right. It actually oh, makes God. Wildcats look like palatable. Yikes. But honestly, oh, for me, like you, you literally ticked off all of the, the bullet points that I had for this section. So I'm not going to repeat them. But I, yeah, yes. I'd just like to emphasize really good scenery and sort of set construction and design where you actually see like if you see a forest in the background, you literally see like the lighting sunlight on the tops of the trees and it gets progressively darker as it gets down to like the forest floor. And there's no reason to do that. You're not going to go into that forest, but it just adds a nice little like layer of depth and a nice little bit of realism to the picture. Now, when Sean says detailed, I think that's what he means. It's like sort of the background stuff is more detailed than it tends to yeah. be in other cartoons. The, the characters themselves are relatively simple. They've got kind of uh, sort of this suit of armor on them, and it doesn't have a lot of like little facets or anything on it. It's just kind of like, it's pretty basic. <laughs> but the rest of the design is, is yeah. really solid. It's, uh, it's pleasant to look at. It's well-produced. And... The animation itself, the actual like movement from scene to scene, or especially in the fight scenes, is fluid, and it's it's really nice to look at. It's well produced stuff. Let's yeah. get into these characters, bro. Who uh, who do you want to talk about first? <clears throat> We've got five, technically got seven. Sorry, good guys, and yeah. we've got uh, about four four to five bad guys. Uh, I want to get into first and foremost uh, because I think this is the character that I, I spend 
the longest amount of time okay. trying to figure out is Colleen McCauley. She's technically um, a rough Colleen had... from the United Kingdom. I have a lot of stats sure. on these guys that are probably too much. But, yeah. That's perfect. I love every minute of it. Uh, so she has like this terrible uh, Elijah uh, Doolittle type of uh, Cockney I don't British know what accent. Tress where McNeil was it... doing with this. Yeah, I mean, it it almost sounds insulting, but it's just silly to hear her. And at some point, I was just waiting for her just to to be like, pip, pip, cheerio. I've been like, you know what? Knock it off. Just whatever direction you think you're going with this, just please just. Or she could have just started doing like lines it, from Snatch or something because it wasn't like it was like the rougher <laughs> edge of the, the British accent. Right. So it wasn't like the posh, refined, cultured, you know. Right. Imperial. That's what I'm saying. It's like uh, Eliza Doolittle from like My Fair Lady, like, you know, trying to like teach that person, uh, you know, to to kind of talk in terms of like high society. And and it just it came off like it was as frustrating for me to listen to as I'm assuming what it's uh, the equivalent of me doing my Jamaican impression for you. It was just kind of it was grating the entire time it talked. It was grating. See, it would have been interesting, I think, if she had gone for a more refined accent with that because the character is interesting because it's it, she's more of like a fighter she's a skilled martial artist but it would have would have been funny if she was a little more like stuffy and and refined and and pompous because it would have it would have played off that character i think she did fine but yeah definitely a weird yeah. accent choice uh, the also well you know this is another friend of the show melanie harker ism as uh when she gets turned into the actual sapien dogmified yeah dogmified yeah that makes sense her immediate response was i didn't even notice this until she said something she goes why the fuck does she have boobs yeah the boob armor like why does like why did they give her the weird thing it was like down by her pelvis where like the teats are it was really strange to see that. no it was (laughs) she had teat armor it was not it was no she has 2017 we do not need to be drawing teat armor on female dog heroes anymore ladies am i right Dude, are you serious no, that there, there was teat armor? No, she had, teat br- armor. she had like human style. You're fucking with me. She had human style no, breasts that were just like uncom- And that's the thing. It goes to the, the ridiculousness of the design where it's like not even anatomically correct, like weirdly human, uh, creepily designed. Yeah, she had boob armor. Uh, yeah, boob armor. Also, when we, when we get to the point where we sort of explain why Colleen has been recruited into this team, the information there kind of seemed like it was contrary or contradicted with the intro. It seemed like the intro, she's like a fighter and she's uh, a martial artist. And then in the actual introduction in, in this first episode, they make mention, they're just like, yeah, I picked her because of her cunning and agility. There's and I was a like, lot that doesn't make sense for the selection process, which we'll get to. It is a very weird selection process. Yeah. And there are a lot of very strange things that kids just kind of accept because it's cartoon logic and whatever but i had to take a step back and be like what is happening here so yeah Yeah. we'll get we'll get there uh we don't have to go through every character here but is there any any other one from the heroes that kind of stands out i've got two that i want to talk about uh, okay what the only other one that i had was okay we can talk about muzzle that's fine yeah without Uh, giving away muzzle i just thought it was mm, without giving it away okay cool yeah of course got it uh so I'm glad that we were able to just kind of like yeah, mind meld yeah. on that. On the, that was, that was good. 21-year-old spoiler good on alert, us. guys. We saved you. Yeah, Until right. episode's end where we're going to spoil <laughs> it. So be ready. <laughs> uh, the, uh, it, I thought it was really funny that, you know, you, you meet him at yeah. a kill shelter. 
and he is uh he he's kind of tied up on uh like he's tied up like yeah. he's Hannibal Lecter. He's on the on the backboard you know? on the stretcher. <laughs> he's got the straight jacket on. He's got a literal like muzzle, but kind of like almost like catcher's mask looking muzzle on him. So right. not a normal thing to do for dogs, but uh in this case it was kind of funny but also super sad at the same time. Like it, it was like it was really play and I, I love dogs. I, I love animals. I love dogs probably the most. And so for me, uh, this was one of those things that like you meet this dog and it's like already tugging at my heartstrings because of the location. And then you get into the fact that like it seems like this dog is like untamable, but the dog doesn't really seem to be super I mean, given the circumstances, the dog seems to be okay. You know? But to like I'm trying to figure out, like, in what universe and in what world is, like, a shelter, like, you know what? He's really misbehaving. Stand him up like Anthony <laughs> Hopkins strap him in. in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah, and then strap that I, fucker in there. I do like it there. as like, a design choice because it's, it, it's very obvious that it's, like, this is a dangerous dog, but it's also kind of funny because it's, like, they're treating him like a human. And he's not yet. He's not at all, actually. But right. he's got a really kind of tragic backstory, which we'll talk about by episode's end. Um, but yeah, okay. interesting design. And he plays, this isn't really spoiler, he plays an interesting role on the team. He's never transdogmified, but they do, did you read this? They do keep him as like their secret weapon. So yeah. they keep him, in, in case they get into trouble, like with something they can't handle or they need kind of like a wild card to come in. They're just kind of like, let's muzzle him. And they, they unleash muzzle. And I guess he just goes nuts. And, and weirdly, this, isn't, this is the second week in a row where something from a crazy cartoon that I've seen maybe once stuck in my subconscious to the point that I turned it into my own idea. And I've had like story ideas and stuff with like, uh, you know, commandos or mercenaries or, or whatever, where they have sort of like super powered allies. But they've always got this one guy behind them who's like super locked down, chained down. They never let him go anywhere because once you let him off that chain, he's kind of like the Hulk, right? He's, he's incredibly powerful as long as he's on your side, but he's also super chaotic and you might not be able to get him back under restraints again. Who the fuck knew <laughs> that it came from Road Rover's muzzle? So oh I really like God. that aspect of it. Um, the- yeah. It's funny that you bring up the Hulk yep. because we have another character that's on here that uh, upon watching it, I was like, oh, this is this group's yeah. the thing. You're talking about Shag? Like, and we're, yeah, we're talking about Shag's Shag. so cute though. Uh, yeah, he is. He's old sheepdog. But... One of two characters voiced by Frank Welker, the other, of course, being Muzzle, because these characters don't really yep. speak. They just kind of make weird noises that are reminiscent of Scooby-Doo. So a lot of Frank Welker stuff going on. It's like right in Welker's yep. wheelhouse to be able to do that. They're like, we need dogs that make weird noises. They're like, I got yeah, Frank on the phone like, already. Frank is dying. Me. It's weird. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's worth mentioning that like Whoops. all these dogs have, they have a trait that helps them fit in on the team to either be like a leader or to be a a skilled martial artist or whatever. But they also have powers too, right? So what is, what is Shag's trait that he's kind of known for? And what is his power that he brings to the team? Uh, It seems like it's bravery and what he brings is not bravery. (laughs) Yeah. He's selected for bravery as a sheepdog, (laughs) but he's the most cowardly of the bunch. He doesn't want to be recruited. He doesn't want to show up with the rest of the team. He doesn't want to leave his like little pod when he gets trans dogmified. He doesn't want to fight, really, even though he's like the biggest, possibly strongest one on the team. But I love his special ability. And his special ability is that he can hide. You don't get a sense of this, really, from the, the first episode. But 
His special ability is that he can hide anything the team needs and carry it with them within his fur. Oh. So he's essentially just like a magic like handbag that he can just pull everything out of Hammer's face. <laughs> he's a, he's a purse. purse. He's a giant purse. And it's Doug's hilarious. Giant purse. Um, I like that oh a lot. And God. he's their cook, too. You find that out later. Yeah, he's a cook Aww. for the team. Yep, yep. That's cool. I like that. So you mentioned you have two characters. Yeah, that you we talked talk about, about Muzzle. Um, I really like Exile. And I like Exile because it's a Siberian Husky and I had um, a Malamute growing up. So it's another like sled dog, pack dog. Um, he has a yeah. full Russian name, which is Exilo Mikhailovich Sanhosky, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and he's got the most kind of like ridiculous superpowers because they were like, I don't know what else to give him. So let's give him super strength. And his eyes are going to like shoot heat beams and ice beams. Like they loaded this dude up. Wait, he shoots. Are you serious? Yeah. He shoots both. Both he gets fire yeah, and he ice out of both, his eyes. Apparently, at least according to the very well-researched Holy Wikipedia sh- entry. <laughs> but at least ice beams. We know that from this episode. Yeah. Holy shit. So they really beefed him up, and I like you know the the fake Russian accent. This is voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson. The fake over the top, you know, post Cold War Russian accent, and like all the little yeah, all the little yeah, puns yeah. and stuff that they they gave him to do. So I like I like Exile, but it, and his name's Exile. I, mean, I just think on. that I. Yeah, I think that, that that was actually a really cool yeah. name for him. But in the same way that uh, Colleen's uh, voice or the choices that she made for that specific character were a little bit grating, Exiles was not. It was still over the top. Like, all of these oh, characters yeah. are over the top. Like, when you, when you look at, uh, what Blitz. was it, Blitz, I was never it's a, just Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was Blitz because just, of that. Same reason. It, yeah. But it, it's just, they looked for, like, some of these, like, real key tropes, and they were just playing off of those the entire time which you know as we've mentioned it had varying degrees of success uh and relatability for us and the only ones we didn't talk about are hunter and the only reason we really don't mention hunter is because he's kind of your just like typical great american dog who is just kind of the leader of the team he's your cyclops he's your superman kind of he's boring he's just just there and he gets the job done and he's fine he's just the leader so i mean he's just doing what he does i like that he he has super speed cool um I like that nice. he, we'll talk about it in the plot. I don't want to get there yet. Um, and then the only other hero, kind of, maybe, is Shepard, but that's up for debate because of what he does to these dogs. Oh, you mean uh, Christopher Lambert in the movie Mortal <laughs> yes, Kombat Raiden? Where he just gathers up unwilling <laughs> participants and subjects them to the fighting pit. Uh, not to mention that, but just like the, also the, the glowing, glowing eyes. eyes of the character. <laughs> also the very obvious glowing eyes, Dave. Well done, idiot. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, like, you hit it right on the head. Like, there are two yeah. very distinct points that we need to make mention of why fucking Raiden shows up in this Man, dog the first time he shows up was terrifying. We'll talk about that in a second, because I was like, yeah. what? So the only, okay. the only two villains that we really get an introduction to are General Parvo, who we don't right. see him a whole lot, but uh, we've already talked about his name, and then the groomer, which is possibly the worst villainous sidekick name, <laughs> at least, at least since the Wildcats. <laughs> at least since Botsmaster, which was our second episode. Probably. Oh God, the groomer. The groomer, man, that's, that's a, bad a bad name. name. And she's just like a lady assistant, whatever. She apparently brings him throat lozenges because he coughs a lot. I guess because he has a parvovirus. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, the only other ones to talk about don't even really have names. We know that one is a Cocker Spaniel named Fluffy, one's a Dalmatian, and one is a Poodle. 
And these are all, at different points of this episode, changed into what are known as Kano mutants, different from Kano sapiens. So two different processes of taking innocent dogs and turning them into mutant monstrosities. Um, and we'll talk about that in the plot. So let's jump into it. We get, we get an interesting... We're not going to go through beat by beat, but I, I do have some questions. And most of it was actually covered yeah, in that synopsis. Let's do, let's do these well, questions, man. So what do, you got? What, what are you so con- what are you confused things, about for Road Rovers? Road Rovers. break down for you. Uh, we should also mention this was a Jack Connolly joint. Is that correct? Uh, this was a recommendation Thanks, from Jack, Jack Connolly. Uh, Jack Connolly on Twitter uh, had recommended this show. And so, Jack, we appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, we hope that uh, you yeah, are and that we did it justice and that we're not tearing it apart like we tend we, to do. As we, yeah, as as we, we normally do. do. No, I, I like the opening of this because it was like, it, was, it takes place one year before the Road Rovers were even actually like created. So you see this weird kind of backstory between General Parvo, who has uh, what looks like a dog carrier with a whimpering dog in it. And this is important for what we're going to reveal at the end of the episode. He's got a dog carrier with the sounds of the whimpering dog coming out of it. And he's going up to um, Professor Shepard. And basically they're making an exchange. Parvo's going to give Shepard his dog Scout back if Shepard hands over, what a trade, by the way, if he hands over these blueprints for his incredible gene-based machine, the Trans Dogmifier. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hear it and not ridiculous. laugh. It's it so ridiculous. ridiculous. But it's also it's kind of like a sad scene because it's like this big muscle-bound dude with a metal skull. The, the top half of his skull is metal, like a metal cap. Um, he right. kidnapped this dude's dog and was holding it hostage. And apparently this guy loves his dog so much that he's just like, here's my life's work. Please give me my dog back. So, I mean, that sounds fine, right? Like everything's totally kosher with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like ransomware, but with your with Yeah, but then not even because it turns out there is no Uh-oh, dog. Oh, not even There's a not dog. Even dog. So it's pretty much ransomware. It's, it's just straight up ransomware, ransomware with bombs <laughs> because inside of this Sense. dog carrier is a, is a bomb. It goes off. Well, he didn't. He didn't send enough bitcoins. Right. If you send enough bitcoins, that's then you a, get your dog back. That's right. Moral of the story: dogs are bombs. Yeah. Nothing in between. Guys, mine bitcoins. Send them to Dave and I. We want to actually figure we out. We want to give you your dogs no back idea. and not bombs. We got a lot of dogs <laughs> yeah, right. here and a lot of bombs, and something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> so please send your bitcoins to Saturday Morning Cartoons at Gmail dot com. But no, Jesus. so then, I mean, the bomb literally blows up. You're expecting like somebody to come in at the last second and maybe defuse it or whatever. But no, it blows up the entire facility. And then in the space of one year, apparently this guy's able to get his life back together, completely rebuild his facility and move it underground and start his, uh, basically start his business again. I mean, I love the initiative yeah. behind this because it really shows how smart he is and that he's not and very focused around, in like dog time, into human science. Very focused. Right. And I, I even love the, the little interstitial bump that they have from this explosion that happens in the lab where like the lab literally oh, yeah. crumbles into the it's side gone. of a mountain. It's like it's destroyed. And then a little title screen flashes. It's like one year later or seven years and dog years. And I'm just like. That's pretty good. Oh, we're we're really we're really we're doubling down on this within like you the know, first I like couple minutes. You, so just, like, right, you just introduced a general who kidnaps dogs and then blows up professors if he doesn't get his way. So you kind of had to lighten that up a little bit. So I like that they were like seven seven in dog years. And then we get another yeah. quick little stinger of like this New England like coastal 
village area, there's an old lady. She has a little cocker spaniel that runs off into the woods. Something happens to it. And then the dog comes back home and it's turned into this like 10 foot tall mutant monstrosity. And the, the old lady's like, you got into something, which is so cute. She's presumably just like torn to shreds. Uh, but we don't see that on screen, obviously. And then Raiden shows yeah. up. And <laughs> this is where everything starts to get real weird. Tell me about Raiden. Uh, so as we mentioned, uh, this character is Dr. Shepard. He has, uh, he has no eyeballs anymore. It's just glowing yep. light. And presumably it also looks like when he talks, like there's glowing yeah, light like, going like out Dr. of his Manhattan mouth or too. Something. Yeah. And so this, this Watchmen-esque freak just is sort of like permeating light and just talking to these dogs like it wasn't it's no even big the dogs yet, so. this is where he's staring right at the camera with his glowing radioactive eyes and he just goes it has um, begun that's gonna begun. scare the shit out of kids they don't know what's happening it, yet. it's it there is there is zero context for it you get no idea what is happening all you get is the it has begun and that's you're like, okay, cool, because then it sort of looks like, because then it looks like it's almost a found footage yeah. movie where dogs are being abducted. It was like a weird, <laughs> like it was a weird combination aliens? of like alien abduction meets Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Like the selection process was very strange. Yeah, but I mean, at least in Planeteers, like birds or animals or a dolphin is just like, here's a ring that you don't know that doesn't have an instruction <laughs> manual. You'll yeah. figure it out. And then Gaia abducts you. And this just one, like it was beam just of light like and a beams voice. of light, yep, like a yep, spotlight. A disembodied voice being like, what, what, did he, what did he say? Just like, <laughs> he just named him, right? He's like, exile, yeah, it, I it, choose it, it, you. And the dog's spot- like, the fuck? <laughs> What's that Pokemon, Dave? <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> I don't think he did say I choose you. But it... it but I mean, like it literally, it was literally a spotlight yeah. that pops down on the dog. And in this case, it just goes exile. You there have been is. chosen. And then that's, that's all the context. And that the you're dog given. like doesn't freak out. Like I would, if that happened, I think anybody in the right mind would uh, be like, the fuck? Like I'll take a ring from a dolphin, but I'm not just going to go follow a light. Not crazy. Yeah. I, I would have freaked, yeah, freaked out. These dogs. One, because I would have been like, I'm yeah, a dog now. I woke up as a cool. dog. This is a weird. I woke up as a t- this is a, I should not I should not eat a lot of pizza before I go to bed. I woke yeah. up as a dog. This is a very Kafka situation. Should... Uh, yeah, man. So yeah, so he names all the dogs and just basically says like you're chosen, and they all for the most part just run off to join whatever's about to go down. You do get different introductions. So like Exiles just literally out by himself in the the Siberian snow, just like sleeping on tundra, just sleeping by himself. He takes off. Colleen is like fighting other dogs over a bone. Uh, yeah, and they they actually do yeah. a decent job with this because uh, they're you know be, it's it's hard because I guess maybe the censors were like we don't want to show dog yeah. fighting and so they get around a lot by of this showing, like the by, shadows uh, on the wall by showing shadows or they show uh, like dust clouds as we get later with with Blitz. Um, so there's no actual action. It's just sort of that like cartoon confusion uh or or sort of cartoon shadowing didn't blitz bite that uh car thief on the butt though uh he did but then like when he gets into the car and he begins to attack him Uh, it's just uh, like that that peanuts dust cloud uh like inside where you know you don't really see any of the action that's taking place it's just all of a sudden the car just spits out and he's all bloody and shredded up yeah his clothes are all (laughs) (laughs) destroyed his butt's got a big old then, chunk I out think, of it. So the funny one was like Shag because he just kind of like hid behind a tree and then 
uh, Raiden had to like encourage him to to show up. So eventually he comes around. And and even during the encor- like encouragement portion of his his coaching, you don't even really know that Shag is going. He sort of seems like he's yeah, slinking off. Direction. Like yeah. oh, I don't want to get don't want to get involved yeah. with this shit. He's the I'm only sorry, I didn't. Bunch. Yeah, I wasn't even supposed to work today. I'm gonna. You know, I'm He's like that old uh, sheepdog cartoon where they, they clock in and out. You remember that? Where they'd clock in at the tree. No. The wolf would come in and the sheepdog would show up and he'd have his little like um, his coffee thermos and his little like sandwich bag. And he'd be like, morning, Frank. And he'd clock in and then he'd go hang out with the sheep and the wolf would clock in. He'd be like, morning, Terry or whatever. And he'd go to the other side. <laughs> what were they selling? No, no, no. They were clocking in for, to work their ships. So the sheepdog was, was clocking in to work his shift, protecting all the sheep, and the wolf was clocking in yeah, to yeah, try yeah. to sneak in and steal them. Oh, I thought you were saying this yeah, was a cartoon. What the fuck? It's not like real life. Oh, like a like a far like a Fisar, like a far no, no, no. side like, cartoon, like a, like a Looney Tunes animated old school. Oh, cartoon. okay. Mary Melodies, maybe. I thought you said it. I thought you mentioned it was a commercial, and I was like, these old spice commercials. <laughs> yeah, are well, really it fucking been the same thing. Uh, but yeah. Just one of them erupts into Terry Crews. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I'd watch I mean, that. essentially, Terry Crews is like one of these road rovers. But, but then, 100%. so you've already mentioned that Muzzle was one of the dogs that was set up for um, to be euthanized by lethal gas, and they do yeah. not shy away from showing you this like tank where lethal gas no, no, is going to no. be used to kill these dogs. And we say, presumably, they're at yeah. like a PETA headquarters, or just like a shelter that in... happens to be a kill shelter. No, nah, but probably a PETA place. Okay. place. They're yeah, I'm gonna keep saying PETA place. Now back. <laughs> this episode not sponsored by Peter Pit. <laughs> so what's kind of messed up is that there's another dog there, and he's the great American dog. He's Hunter, and Hunter is chosen, and the voice tells him because he's he's watching his muzzles being led away to the uh, gas chamber, essentially. And the voice tells him, Hunter, you've been chosen, but just run away and don't involve yourself with this dog, because you basically have to get on with your life. It's over for him, which is a weird thing for like a disembodied. Right. Spotlight voice to say, I'd th- I'd think. I, I feel like any time if Raiden was to actually say something, he should have just like put his hands out in front of and just like supercharged and then supermaned like yeah, towards just that person something and, and just screamed and then just knocked him back and I've been like gonna knock this off. He's Lambert. This is he didn't do it. Little, little he didn't fast. do it. So it was it was a nice moment because Hunter actually comes in and saves Muzzle and they both run off. Hunter even stops to get his favorite tennis ball. And they both run off together. I thought that was really cute. And it definitely felt like a test that he passed. The rest of them just happened to like be and chosen. He looked like he had to pass a test for some reason. Yeah. And it, it was, uh, yeah. it was fun. It was a nice moment. Like, because, you know, even like, even grabbing the, the tennis cute. ball, like for two seconds, I was like, you know, he's pushing the, like the hand truck that muzzle is on with his teeth. And I was like, where's Same. he going to put the tennis ball? And then they threw the tennis ball in his in his little arms in that muzzle, are like in a straight jacket, and I was like, muzzle. "I'm like, what a good dog, what a good smart boy." It was it was good continuity. Was. I mean, like they didn't drop True, anything. They didn't drop it was the like ball. great. So, aha, aha! Here's my first question of the night because all the dogs now show up back at the lab. Yeah, why does the yeah. entrance to the underground lab look like an anus? Oh, I didn't. They weirdly zoom in from like a sky high view of this like rocky hole oh. in the ground, and as it gets closer and closer, it just looks like they're zooming in on an asshole. I, I can Please I can do. explain that one. Yeah. Okay. There's a real logical explanation for this uh, because they're gearing up 
to in like 30 seconds time to make a butt they sniffing are. joke and they're they're just prepping your mind and so, for that in your brain they're just like if we incept you with mm-hmm. a butthole you won't be weirded out when we make a joke about dogs sniffing each other's buttholes because at one point Raiden just says he's like I want you to greet the members <laughs> yeah, after of after he's pack. transformed them now into their their kind of human looking mm-hmm. versions yeah Right. So they're not even, they're not just dogs. They're right. Kano sapiens at this point. And he's like, greet the members of your pack. And then the camera stands yeah. still and all of them duck below the, like below frame. It's just their tails. And just they're start like, above. yeah. And you just see tails and you just hear, sni- hear like, oh, hello. Oh, hey, good to meet you. Followed by oh, like, hey. oh, hi. Oh, hey, there. hey, how's it going? Oh, huh. And like, and it, it keeps on a butt sniff joke for like a good 15, 20 seconds where you're just like, uh, they're yeah, having fun time. with this. Yeah. They are really, yeah. It was, it was. It I was think it must silly. have been fun for the voice cast was, too, because they just got to be like, "Oh, hey, oh, hello, oh, hey, oh, oh, hey. whoa, hey. oh, hello, yeah. great." So yeah. that, like, that literally catches uh, you up to what I said in the synopsis, and then the rest of this is a fun kind of like train heist and just like weird shit going down, which, ah, I mean, the MacGuffin of this thing, they actually tried to work the device that's being stolen from this train into the plot of the episode, which was kind of nice. Apparently, Parvo is still trying to perfect his science of turning dogs into these Kano mutants, which are bigger but dumber versions of the Kano sapiens. His problem is that they're not stable, and he needs this device called a molecular stabilizer to keep their transformation more stable. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just impressed, no matter how stupid the name is, that they actually like worked it into the plot they didn't need to do that at all but he's like yeah this is the thing that i need because i keep turning this poodle into a beast and then it turns back into a poodle what am i going to do with it he tells groomer to get rid of it right so which was a brutal i was like whoa settle down michael vick fair fair and accurate but here's here's my next question right nothing to do with the train let me let me get back to raiden he yeah steals dogs he yeah. mutates them. Got it. He Check. puts them into service fighting other mutated dogs for the offer of giving them three square meals and a spot on the carpet by the fire as long as they stay off of the sofa. And then eventually he'll find a home for them. That's actually, you. there's one thing the in there. Thing. He said, I'll give you yep. three meals a day, a ah, weekly bath. And a carpet, carpet in front of the, the fire, fire. As long as they stay off the sofa. And then he, then, yeah, he scolds them for yeah. the, the sofa. And he says, yeah, that'll find you guys homes. And I was like, so what, what's the question? Because that sounds like a pretty the sweet gig. Kidnapping of the dogs, mutating them against their will, and then forcing them into servitude once they don't really have another choice was a little weird for me. Especially with like was a white-haired, I mean, glowing-eyed mad scientist type who's got a, you know, who's got muzzle with him. <laughs> This is kind of crazy to begin with. Okay. It was just like, I was like, is this guy good still or is he crazy? Yeah. I mean, I think that there, I want to say that there's a little bit of crazy in terms of what's there, but at the same time, that's kind of what makes good science is that little bit of crazy, you know, that's available. Don't look at me like I'm my crazy eyebrow, now. Sean, I've raised my science right. eyebrow right at him. Uh, I think that side brow went, side right brow up. went up. God, why did I not get that? Um, Hashtag sidebrows. What I think it is is the spirit of competition still. I think Shepard has a vendetta for Parvo, but he also wants to stop him. So I think he has this vendetta where he wants to pay Parvo back 
And he kind of does by the end of the episode. But he also wants to stop him from doing what he's doing. So there's kind of like a good nature to it, but it also is kind of like, he's a little off. I'm just going to say he's a little off. Road Rovers are yeah. great. They're good dogs. It, it's, it's crazy with noble intent. I like that. We'll go with that. Uh, yeah. any, other, any other gags? I kind of like when they all get together and they fly. They've got like crazy um, vehicles. They've got a Sky Rover plane. They've got a Street Rover that apparently has like warp technology in it. That's fun. <laughs> I, def- I definitely, so two quick things about this episode. There's, when they're splitting up and they're about to get in this like vertebrate mm-hmm. uh, and this, this car, Hunter's like, hey, Colleen, yeah. you get in this oh, car with me. Sorry. And, I in- and I inappropriately just made the joke. I was like, yeah, so I can get dog head on the oh, way to this God. mission. And I was like, why, why did things. I say that? I'm a real There's like so mess, many other guys. things besides uh, dog head. <laughs> So, of course, I make these terrible comments, but then we have Colleen when she's fighting, who she makes these comments like, I, 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 sit, heal, and like during a, a three-punch combo, she goes, Rin, tin, tin, and I, I was like, you are, just, you are just throwing out any dog reference, anything that's available at your disposal. I was like, I, I'm not faulting you for it, but... Again, with as I mentioned with the theme song, some of it was just going so quickly and so fast that if there were gems, I don't know that as a kid, and I definitely know as an adult, I'm not going to back up to rewatch that to find where those little hidden gems were. Did you catch the I, 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 I follow up? Yeah, it, he asks, where was that from? And he says, or she yeah, says that it's from uh, Benihana. The one I liked from this sequence um, was yeah. Exile because he was, he was flying the plane at this point. And I think it was Blitz who was like, he's like, you got, you got to go faster. You've got to go faster. You're never going to get there. You've got to go faster. <laughs> and he's like, calm down. Everybody's always rushing me. It's like, oh, God. That was pretty good, though. He also got, he also got his ice vision during I mean, the Cold War. They're yeah, pretty bad. That's, that one was funny. He says, because he says, he goes, I must during have contracted it. Why do my Russian <laughs> and German sound exactly the same? Well, can you, can you do the line from uh, Blitz? Where he, uh, where they show him the the monsters, they show him the monsters for the first time, and he goes, "I'll get great enjoyment uh, yeah. biting them on the tushy." On the posterior a lot, but that's really all he kind of does. Yeah, hey, he just bites butts. He just bites no, no, butts. No, he's Look, great at, don't he's a great fault butt him biter. for that. All right, don't, yo, do not. No, he's a great butt bite. Butt bite, shame him. All right, he, that's right. He literally he's dogging do whatever he wants. He's, he's, a, he's a great he's dog. A, he's Best a good dog. So eventually, they take all these guys down, and then they make a. A fake trade. Spoiler alert, they make a fake trade. They actually give them a bomb that they found somewhere. And they give them a bomb instead of the molecular stabilizer. So lo and behold, when these mutant dogs take it back to General Parvo, he opens it up and he, ha- he says something along the lines of like, I have a strange sense of deja vu or something like that. Yeah. Then he blows up. Yep. And he's flying a giant right. bulldog, I forgot to mention. His giant flying ship that crashes out, of a, that. out of a mountain is in the shape of a giant bulldog for some reason. Uh, they're all fine. They're all fine. They survived the crash. They survived the explosion in their face. Uh, but the dogs all revert back to regular dogs, which is really good for them. So let's talk about what happens to our road rovers. Yeah. What's up for these guys now that they've saved the day? Uh, now that they have saved the day, I thought the deal to get three meals, a bath every week, and a spot in front of the, like a carpet in front of the, the fireplace is a pretty good deal. At that point, I was like, I don't really need placement for a home. It sounds like I kind of have one. Yeah, that sounds like a thing with a home. Yeah, yeah but then uh, Raiden places them 
in the homes of, of world leaders. Yeah, unexpected. Did not see that one coming. Nope. I love that Hunter lives with Bill Clinton at the White House. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> my that favorite was one. brilliant. But it's like all of them stay with whatever their nationality is. So I, I kind of like the idea because they reverted back to regular dogs. So they're not in this permanent like human transformed state which is unnatural for them. They'd have to get jobs and like you know, social security Pay cards. Dog and all taxes. Kinds of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Dog taxes, bitcoins. And then, so they revert back to dog form and then they live with world leaders. I thought that was super sweet. <laughs> and, and just like a cool way, if they're needed, you know, if there is an international incident, the world leaders are probably going to be the first ones to know. And then Good the call. dogs are going to be there and they're going to hear about it. They'll be like, well, time to hit the road, road rubbers. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even think about that, but that makes a lot of sense now. I, I think I only thought about it because I think they actually used that plot point <clears throat> in the show itself. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, so we talked about a 21-year-old spoiler in the making oh, yeah, you're right. about I the ending forgot. of this, and so I, I wanted to allow you to, to spoil this for everybody now, Dave. All right, so remember Muzzle from the beginning. Actually, go back further. Remember that Parvo had, um, had taken the dog from Shepard. And then yeah. did not give that back. He was presumed lost or whatever. Experimented on, who knows. And then we meet Muzzle, who we don't know who his owner is, and he is kind of sentenced to death, but saved by Hunter. It turns out, once they're reunited, Muzzle is actually Scout. That was Shepard's old dog that was originally kidnapped by Parvo. And they are now reunited and back together. But that's sweet, except for the kind of crappy things that A, Shepard was going to just let let muzzle be euthanized if hunter didn't save him and b that muzzle is the way that he is because parvo i believe experimented on him and he never fully transformed but he also never fully recovered so his brain's kind of scrambled so it's kinds of messed up it was also really weird for me to see that ending because there was a moment where i was like Oh, what a sweet kind of tender moment yeah. where they found each other. I didn't even realize that it was his old dog. Yeah, because he says Scout. He's like, good to see you, boy. Or Scout. I, thought maybe, I thought maybe he just renamed this dog. <laughs> he was like, ha Muzzle, what a great name. Your name's now Scout, it's boy. It's quite possible because <laughs> like, he's also insane. So yeah. But then, but then there was like a poor, there, there was a part of me, there was a part of me that thought, what if he never had a dog? What if he was just treating a bomb like a dog? <laughs> in the beginning and like this he just had like a bomb and like a dog carry on and yeah. like that's what had happened so i, I don't like, even well, blame general parvo at that point he just feel like this yeah. guy's obviously crazy i can i gotta get these schematics out of his hands he's nuts. right parvo was point, the, the hero the whole time yeah and that makes much more sense why we have this competition this crazy but noble intent yeah for all of this competition now is just because like raiden's a madman like he shouldn't have this technology. He should not have glowing eyes. He should not have dog machines. And he should not have uh, bombs <laughs> instead of dogs. Even though I we mean, both are currently surrounded by lots of bombs and dogs from our listeners out there. Again, you know, get those I, bitcoins in. <laughs> the challenge is he's done this to dogs. What next? Is he going to do this to turtles? What is he going to do next after that? Is he going to do battle toads? He teases about cats a lot. Maybe not to yeah. He really, at least with that, I will say, again, consistency-wise, he hits that joke and he does it three times. Yep. I was like, he did it once. I was like, okay, that's an interesting thing. The second time I was like, you better, you better close the loop on that's this right. asshole. And when he said it, I was like, all right, it wasn't, wasn't necessarily the joke that I wanted, but it was, fine. It was there. It was, you got three. Good. Yeah. 
that's wrapping it up for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think that'll do it for this episode. Anything else? Any other closing thoughts before we get into uh, some other opinions out there? No, let's do these other opinions. All right, buddy. We actually only have, for love it or hate it tonight, we've only got, drum roll, wait for it, suspense, a love it review. That's it. There is no haters. We actually had 10 of these on IMDb, and they were all pretty much love it. The, the most uh, disparaging one was an 8 star out of 10. Oh, do you want to take love it tonight? Yeah, let's do this. So we've got this comes from Castro Starlight one in the US back in 2006. This is titled Road Rovers. What? <laughs> this is confusing. Road Rovers will was a wonderful show and will be sorely missed. The Road Rovers was a great show about canine superheroes chosen by the master to fight crime around the world. The show was hilarious, to say the least. Simple and complex jokes that could appeal to all ages. Running jokes throughout the series that could spawn a drinking game. The action was mesmerizing, cleverly set up. The characters were very original, each with a very different personality. But what made me enjoy the show the most was the depth of the character. Each of them have struggles and emotional difficulties that are never expressed but implied in subtext. Hopefully one day, there'll be some way to watch the Rovers in action again. Well, good news there. Cast, what is it? Casto Starlight? Casto Starlight? Yeah, Casto. Good news, Casto. Uh, It is now the future from when you wrote that, and there is a 40 gig Blu-ray available to watch all 13 episodes of the (laughs) Road Rovers as many times as you want in high definition. (gasps) Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we don't have a hate it tonight, so that means it's time for recommendations. Buddy, do you recommend Road Rovers? And if not, does it get the dip, meaning it is erased from existence for all time? I recommend this. Cool. Uh, I think that it was, it was, uh, well done and, and well executed, albeit some of the, the action that we had towards the second half of this first episode, uh, was very quick non-existent and didn't really need to be there but i think that the setup and the idea behind this is very fun and i'm kind of sticking around to see if i can watch some more episodes because i'm curious what's going to happen with raiden and maybe we get a mortal Kombat crossover you think we're going to get the the tournament with the i'd love it if there was a crossover between this and the animated mortal Kombat. oh my god no, I just, you know, it, this, this was well done. They did a decent amount of dog puns that were in here. Yeah. And I, I, as we've mentioned uh, so far, they did a pretty good job of having closure, recapping on everything, yeah. uh, you know, using every piece of the buffalo when it came to certain jokes. And so I, I, I really did appreciate that. So I would recommend this. Yeah. And honestly, compared to like, my God, the Mighty Ducks or any other number of like anthropomorphic animal humanoid characters. It seems like they had a lot more fun with this. This was less kind of like action focused. There was action and adventure in it, but it was less action focused and more kind of like comedic. It was more humor focused. And I think you kind of have to do that when you have something like the Road Rovers. I feel like we got to watch Cowboys of Moo Mesa because I can't remember what the tone of that thing was, but I don't think it was. I think they took it pretty seriously. (laughs) It takes place on a little planet called New Texas. New Texas, the Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Oh, man. I just want a Cowboys of Moo Mesa and a Brave Star crossover. Yeah, because they're kind of like the same thing. So, I mean, yeah. Basically. (laughs) Oh, man. Sorry, we just had a special guest drop by. You did it, Jack Connolly. You did it. Good job, Jack. Great recommendation. Great you job, You did it, Jack. buddy. Thank you. Doesn't get the dip. 
which means you can still watch that 40 gig Blu-ray. But since we didn't have a hater uh, tonight, we actually have some fun fan email that we're going to read. Yeah. So we're going to split this one up a little bit. This one comes from uh, our buddy Douglas J. Kendall, who wrote to us uh, in regard for our recent fan cast episode. Now, that was one where Sean and I did not review a cartoon series. We actually took one of our favorites and then cast it as if they were going to recast it for a series or even as a movie, and then even spun off some plot points. So I think I picked Centurions as one of my ideas. What was, what was the one that you had? You had an interesting one. Was it Bigfoot and a, the Muscle Machines? Bigfoot big the Muscle Machines. That's what I thought. <laughs> and, uh, and also Big O. Also Big O, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to read, uh, and, then, and then Douglas actually had um, a suggestion of his own. So we're going to read both of that tonight. Since he talked about, uh, let's see, what, what do we got here first? He says, Cartoon Fan Cast was a very fun episode. Dave Centurion's idea was amazing. I would totally see that movie opening night. And then he makes some comment about Sean's idea too, which I guess shut was the, great. <laughs> shut the fuck up. He, he says Sean's Bigfoot idea was great too. And he's got two pitches for us. So I'm going to take the first one here. All right. The first is a remake of Pro Stars featuring LeBron James, Sidney Crosby, Tom Brady, and Felix Hernandez as part-time secret agents recruited by the CIA to fight terrorists. It would be a comedy focusing on how unsuited they are in doing this. Think the interview. I love this idea. I love this idea. <laughs> It, it would be amazing to see kind of like the current slate of top tier uh, sports athletes with, I mean, you, you picked a great cast here to get to see them <laughs> back in a cartoon and hopefully caring as little about it as Wayne Gretzky did for the original pro stars. What's interesting is they are still in the process of working on Space Jam 2 and LeBron James is supposed to be leading that. So Ugh. it'll be interesting to see if that does well or if it even ever gets made, um, how that's going to do. But I would love to see Pro Stars uh, 2.0 with the, the modern era. Uh, the, Sean's got the second one for us. I was going to say, Doug, the only, the only addition I would have that would be on there was that you get a pro wrestler in there somehow. Yeah, throw him in and there. So let's just get let's some just John Cena. That, that's exactly who I was going to say. Yep. Yes. I'm very excited. Yep. Just get John Cena in there. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Everything else I love. Uh, especially the fact that you're just like <laughs> they're unsuited yeah, to I fight love that. terrorists. He, I, honestly, he saved it when he was like, "They're unsuited at this position." <laughs> <laughs> this is perfect. This is perfect. So the other one he, uh, we have is uh, says is a big budget action horror movie mm-hmm. based on the Inhumanoids, featuring Carl Urban. Great choice mm-hmm. as Herc Armstrong, uh, Michael Sarah as Doctor Bright. Michael uh, Rooker as Augur and, Lern- and Lawrence-, Lawrence Fishburne as Liquidator. Uh, the Inhumanoids would be voiced by Michael Shannon as Metlar, Andy Serkis as Decompose, and Frank Weller as Tendril, with Ava Green and Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Sandra and Blackthorn Shore. With Sean Bean, he's, I mean, does he die in this? Yeah, as the voice of... <laughs> Uh, Redland and Mickey Rourke as uh, Granok. Uh, the film would be, it would focus more on the Lovecraftian aspect of the story as the humans and mutors work together to banish the inhumanoids from our dimension, but the humans turned on the mutors and almost wiped them out. Thousands of years later, uh, a cult led by Blackthorn Shore uses an ancient book of spells to bring the inhumanoids back to the earth and all hell breaks loose. The Earth Corps is assembled to study the phenomenon and meet up with the Mutors, who are not all that concerned about the humans. The new team and the Mutors will work together to stop and kill the threat of the Inhumanoids if they don't kill each other first. I, like I that. love it. 
I love That'd that stinger at the end. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun, and it's an interesting way to like take that Inhumanoid story, which was just bonkers, Ugh. and then kind of spin it around into something new too. But also to keep that the kind of roots of what they had there. And Andy Circus is decomposed. I mean, how do you not like that? So yeah, yeah, that sounds like fun. And honestly, I'd love to get to the point where we could like. <laughs> This is a pipe dream of mine. I'd love to get to the point where we could like buy some of these old properties and actually do something with it, even if it was just like fan art based or things like that. So if you guys are out there and you have fan art submitted or even have fanfic that you'd like to get, you know, some eyeballs on, send us some links. Let us know. Send it directly to Sean's house. Uh, we'll, what? we'll check it out. We'll take a look. I'll post his address, phone number, list of fears online. You can do with that information what you will. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys, and we love hearing uh, fan mail like this. Super cool idea, and we love having the conversation with you back and forth. So thanks again. Thank you, Doug. All right, Sean, speaking of that contact info, what are you up to in the next couple of weeks, and where can folks find you out there on the webs? Oh, man, as always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find tickets and showtimes witdc.org. I also organize a comedy festival that happens in D.C. It is called the District Improv Festival. Uh, we have our fifth annual uh, District Improv Festival that is coming up. It is going to be September 6th through the 9th. Uh, it's districtimprov.org to buy tickets. Uh, great thing is, is that if you're in the area and you're just like, oh, I don't really know if I want to come out and see an improv show. Hey, don't worry about it. Wednesday night is all completely free. And so is Saturday afternoon at 2.30s. Uh, Saturday afternoon at 2.30. You can come and check it out. You can find tickets and information uh, on Facebook if you search District Improv Festival, as well as also districtimprov.org. Uh, and as always, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Paul Ellis. Dave, what are you up to? Well, we'll have all Sean's information up on our website as well. And you can also find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrombor.com as well if you'd like to read some of my writing up on those fine sites. If you want to know more about this show right here, please head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, it's morning with you. You can also check out our aforementioned website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Find us on Twitter, at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page to keep the conversation going on Facebook. And listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, drop us a line, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. August will continue next week with more cartoon craziness. Uh, we're we're going to have some more uh, listener suggestions out there, so, so keep an ear out and see if we pick your cartoon series that we have not covered in the previous 167 episodes. And if you really want to know what's coming up in the next few weeks, definitely check out that Patreon page because that's where we send our newsletter out. So if you uh, chip in, even at the lowest amount, I believe, uh, is it $3? I think $3 is our lowest amount. I think it's $3, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that gets you access to our newsletter, where obviously all the news that we have coming out uh, is going to be posted, but also the list of cartoon series we're going to be talking about for the coming month. So head on over there and check that out. And th always, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>